CavsCorner.com. Podcast, CavsCorner.com. Your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the Pledge of Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, February the 13th. Virginia coming off of a, a loss to Duke and a win in Carolina, um, which we will no doubt discuss. Uh, Cavaliers have a couple days off before they play Notre Dame on Saturday, and then they'll get to go to Blacksburg on Monday um, to play what used to be uh, a top 10 team and now is just a bucket of yuck. Um, so we'll talk about all of that. And then I think Ferber actually has a, a fun topic for uh, fifth side of the ball um, on this here programs so where we're going to talk a little deal or no deal. Um, and if it sucks, it's not my fault because it wasn't my idea. Um, let's go around and introduce everybody up in Fishersville. David Spence is on the show. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm I'm glad to be here, Brad. Who days on the board at who days on Twitter? Yeah, and if we randomly lose Dave, it's because that stomach bug came and bit him. Um, up in Arlington, the aforementioned staff writer Justin Ferber also on the show. How are you, buddy? I'm much better than I was on Saturday when the stomach bug got me. Um, but yeah, doing better now. Um, I was happy to give my seat up for LeBron though. At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. <laughs> you think <laughs> Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for the in-game updates, content items, and the occasional Woody Banter. You think um, you, you think uh, LeBron sat next to me because that would have been amazing. Just saying. Just. Uh, I mean, he might have. He might have for a little while. <laughs> that I mean, but seriously though, Le, Le, like I'm such a LeBron stan. Like if LeBron came and was like, "Hey, is is I think this is my seat," I'd be like, "Oh." I mean, I don't I don't know what I would have I would have looked like an idiot. Um, all right. Speaking of of man, there's no segue there. Let's talk about Duke and uh, and Carolina. Um, I think it was a tall ask in in hindsight for Virginia to 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 be able to not just get up for for that for that Duke game and everything that went into it, but then to turn the page as quickly as they did, get down to Chapel Hill and play pretty well. I mean, yeah, they had a stretch there where you know they turned the ball over like crazy and. Um, you know the Tar Heels are uh, getting out in transition and um, basically doing the things that they do well. And for Virginia to sort of you know turn off the water, I thought was impressive. Um, I just think that as I watched that game sort of unfold, I was more reminded of maybe what it took, um, what it well really what it takes to 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 sort of bring it night in and night out, right? Like it's one thing. To, to beat a team that's bad. It's another thing to beat a team on its home floor when they're pretty good, and then to do it so quickly after a loss. Dave, I know that last night's um, insanity uh, at the Yum Center um, made you ask a question of, like, what would it feel like if, if that had happened in Virginia? I, I'm personally going to ask the, the good Lord to never let that happen, at least not while I'm still owning the site. Once I sell it and I don't have to worry about the message board anymore, you know, whatever. Um, but as in terms of just the big picture, try to take out – what happened last night out off your plate? How, how, as, as you sort of walked a, further away from Saturday, how do you, how does it sit with you? And is it the fact that they went one and one, which is exactly what you hoped they would do? Um, does that make it all the more palatable? Yes. I mean, you know, the way they played Duke was kind of exactly what I wanted them to do. Uh, they didn't show anything dramatically. Like they had one position where, where, where they played zone. Um, but otherwise, you know, it was actually getting back more to the pack line principles than they had shown in Durham. Um, you know, forcing Duke to giving Duke space outside and making it tough for him to drive. And considering how easily Duke was able to drive the ball in Durham compared to Saturday, that that was big to me. You know, you kind of have to 
you know, like we talked about, you, you, you've got to give one or the other. You, you cannot defend out to the three-point line and still have be packed in tough and tight enough to keep talent like Reddish, uh, Reddish Barrett, and, and Zion from dropping on you. Um, and I thought they did a good job, and, you know, Duke just hit the shots. And so I just took my medicine and went home. I, I mean, other than the first uh, – I think what Duke got up eight nothing, two threes, and a, I think it was a Zion or it might have been a Zion steal and dunk, um, and pretty much from that point forward, Virginia played them even. They just couldn't make up for that first eight points, and you know it. I hate losing to Duke at any point. Um, I was still pretty ornery Saturday night, but the the good thing for me was, you know, you had Mamadi get banged up in that game and. He was playing so good prior to, you know, getting banged up, um, which was, he's been a pleasant surprise the last few weeks, and I was very glad to see him come back for Carolina. So, um, all in all, I mean, Duke's really good, man. It's a really, really good team. They proved it again last night, and I think you just, you just move forward, and they were able to do that Monday night like the veteran team that they are. Ferber, you have uh... – you and I have 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 been to a bunch of um, you know a bunch of games and seen a bunch of teams, and you've now seen Duke in person. Uh, you've watched them again against UVA. Uh, with with their mix of talent, it, it it feels like to me that that's a team. I'm not going to say that Virginia can't beat them. I, I still think that um, of the teams in the nation who who could when they're playing as well. You know when they're playing. I don't want to say like when they're hitting you know, 60-some percent of their threes. But when they're playing pretty well, um, I, I, th- I think Virginia's one of the few that can can stick with them and could beat them. Um, as you've watched Duke over the course of the season, how confident are you that they're going to be the ACC champ? Uh, and what and what do you think, what do you feel like Virginia has to change now that you've seen two games with them um, in order to beat them? You mean strictly regular season champ? Or? Well, I was thinking. I was thinking more along the lines of regular season tournament. I just, yeah. I mean, in a tournament situation, I just don't. I, I mean, it, I think it becomes even harder because you're having to prepare on, you know, a short time frame. You're having to play a bunch of games. Like they just have talent that that nobody else has. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's that's probably the case. Um, honestly, a tournament setting, I think, could kind of cut both ways because you have that, but then on the other side, UVA is a little bit deeper than a lot of teams, and I think that playing UVA after playing two other games on consecutive days could wear down any team, especially a young team. Um, and we could, you know, see UVA benefit from that should it occur. But as far as the regular season is concerned, uh, Duke's ridiculous, shocking win last night in Louisville uh, definitely pushed them closer to towards that i mean if they had lost it would have been a three-way tie with uva and carolina um with two duke carolina games to go um but i mean winning keeps them a game ahead and really a game and a half ahead of uva since they have the tiebreaker um their schedule and uva schedule are uh, i'd say pretty comparable the rest of the way um now that uva has that carolina game behind them maybe dukes is a little harder since they have to play carolina two more times but uva has to play louisville twice they have to go to blacksburg um, they have to go to Syracuse. So um, I don't think it's a cakewalk by any means. I think UVA is still looking good for a top three finish, four finish. I don't think they'll fall any lower than that. But um, 
I, I don't know if they can catch Duke just because I don't think Duke's going to lose very many more games. Um, and I think UVA still could stumble here or there, maybe lose like one more, maybe two. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the tournament, it's kind of more of a crapshoot. And like you said, I don't think it's that UVA can't beat them. It's just that we've seen Duke beat them in two different fashions, which makes you think that they could probably do something, figure it out and win. Um, and then obviously we saw them win a game last night with their backs against the wall in a completely different way. Um, and that those are the types of teams that win national titles. Um, you know, they can come from behind. They can, they can get ahead. They can do whatever. And like Dave said, I mean, them seeing the ball go in the basket early in the game on Saturday, I think really changed the way that it played out. I think even if they had shot, you know, a ridiculous percentage like they did, if those shots had been a little bit more spread out and there had been a few misses early, you know, a few misses earlier in the game, maybe UVA is able to keep it within a possession or two rather than falling behind by 10, 12, 14 points. Um, and then they, they're able to kind of like go on a bit of a run themselves. But Unfortunately, that's not what happened. But I, like you said, I don't think it means that UVA can't beat them. I mean, UVA played them close down there in Durham and then, you know, kept it respectably close considering how Duke was shooting on Saturday. So, I mean, I think that, you know, if they play again, I think it'll be another good game. And, and you know, basketball's basketball. Who knows what could happen? <laughs> that's ex- that's excellent analysis. Basketball, who knows? You know, anything's possible. Anything's – I'm not doing that. Um, So, like – I feel coming out of the Carolina game, I thought that the guy. I, I don't want to. I don't want to make too big a deal of this, but I do think it's it's significant that they they were up, they fell behind, the building is against them. It felt like it, it really felt in those moments like all right, they're going to lose. Like this is they've the, the, this thing has definitely gotten away from them. They they right the ship, they come back, and, and then they. I don't want to say they cruised to an eight point win, but they they definitely were the ones making the plays late. Uh, I think that's safe to say. Um, Overall, I kind of feel like it, it's hard for me to not think that that was significant. That because just the, the kids after the game, they looked relieved. They looked—I don't want to say back to normal, but they hadn't looked like that since NC State. Um, they just hadn't, and they—they they seemed um, more in sync. There was there was just a there was just a um, a confidence about them that they hadn't had, um, and I guess maybe that's part of what happens. You know when you're turning the ball over so much and it's just not who you are, and you're you know you're you're sort of chasing that ghost a little bit. Um, I, I do think that just like that lo- that loss last night for Louisville could be something that beats them several times from now until the end of the season. Um, I think that win in Chapel Hill is going to really pay dividends for UVA, not just in terms of what it means for you know the stats and the numbers and you know blah blah blah, but but also too like what it means for the psyche. Like a- another game where they yeah they got down. Um, but they, there was no panic. They went back to work uh, and they figured it out. I also think that this this using Dre in the middle third and getting into the rim, forcing teams to pick their poison, I, I think is brilliant. And I think that's a, a, a definite sort of sneak peek at what you're going to see from UVA come March if, if the offense sort of um, dries up a little bit. Um, I think Mamdi Diakite playing was good. Ty Jerome playing again and playing well. His second career double-double was good. There's a whole lot to like about that Carolina game. Um, but I want to have a conversation about Kihei Clark. And I want to preface that conversation with – I want to take emotion out of it. I mean, for folks who, who are on message boards and on the internet, um, you know, like I, we, we all hear you, right? Like we know you, what you think of Kihei and him being too small. Um, but I kind of want to have a conversation about – 
uh, pluses and minuses. And I don't mean that in terms of the stat. I mean that in terms of sort of the um, the way everything fits together. Dave, do you feel like Kihei is a an integral piece of the puzzle that that deserves playing time? Do you would you like to see his minutes um, sort of dwindle a little bit? Are you worried about him going forward? Like, what's your sort of point of view right now on Kihei? Yeah, I think he's an integral part. He may become more of one over the next few weeks. You know, um, just because I don't think it doesn't sound seem like the tie back injury is going to be a quick. You know, uh, it's not going to be a quick recovery from that. Um, and I think in games where he can, Tony's probably going to try to limit his minutes now. Um, and that just gives time, more time for Kihei. Even without the injury, just the way the lineups made, you know, I mean, the way the lineups constructed, there's not a whole lot of guys that can bring up, you know, bring the ball up um, without kind of sacrificing what you do on the offensive end. Now, obviously, Kyle can bring it up and Drake can bring it up occasionally, but that puts you, you know, makes it a little bit harder for you to initiate your offense. You got to have someone else run it because those two guys are who you want the ball to end up in. Um, and I think he's done a remarkable job of it, man. Like, look, he's not, he's not six foot tall. He's not super physical. Um, he has, you know, he's made freshman mistakes. Uh, he's missed some open shots, but he also like, you know, he's also had, has a knack to, to make a big play on occasion. Like that six nothing run that he pretty much did on his own. Yeah. That two quick, two quick threes we hit after I think he hit one and then he stole it. Then it bounced around and got back to Kyle. Uh, Kyle. Um, certainly, you know, that stuff is huge. He still makes, you know, freshman mistakes and kind of gets in amongst the trees. And I think that's, and gets his stuff swatted, which led to an easy bucket for Carolina last night, or Monday night, sorry. Um, but I, thank God he's on the team. I mean, what would you, I don't know what you do without him right now. I don't, Marco Anthony seems to have, you know, I don't want to say he's he's kind of played his way out of the rotation because he hasn't had a chance to do it on the on the you know during game times, but certainly Tony trusts Kihei more. So yeah, it's I, I think you kind of have to take the good with the bad when you've got a you got a young guy like that, and then you add the size issue. But I thought he played very well on uh, on White the beginning of the game until Carolina kind of figured out how to handle it. And that's what you look. It's hard to find someone to guard anyone in the ACC for forty minutes, right? Like teams adjust. So having that one one other weapon that you know allowed you to do other things is is enough for me. I think that's fair. I, I for me, like I know for a lot of people, they go to games. Um, you know, you get there early, you get into your seat, you see the kids down there warming up. They got their, you know, they're listening to music, got their AirPods in, doing their thing, and and. There's Kihei, and he's small, and he's tiny, and, and he. I think he plays bigger than that. I don't think he finishes bigger than that, which is part of the problem. Like Chris likes is tiny, but Chris likes can has got hops, and Chris likes can finish, um, e- even among bigger players because of that, right? So Kihei's game and his size are are, are somewhat, um, they're they're somewhat ill paired, if that makes any sense, right? So what he has to do is he has to make good decisions. And that's the thing that's bugging me is what we saw from him earlier in the season. I understand teams are coming. It's a, it's, you know, competition has stepped up and I get that, but some of those mistakes he's making and the passes he's trying to throw um, the one where he gets trapped, he jumps in the air and he throws it to literally the middle of the court. 
Um, I mean, I don't know if you could have done anything worse than just throw it to the other goal. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't even know like how much, yeah, I don't think you could do much worse than that. Um, and like, I'm not trying to, to bang on the kid. Um, I, I, I think that it's, it's a fair conversation to have because there are a lot of minutes that are going to him. And I know that Joe Giglio, uh, my friend from the news and observer who covers, covers NC state, you know, he, he drew some heat for basically saying that Kihei wasn't an ACC player as well. He probably should. That's, that's a harsh sort of thing to, to, to put out there. But at the same time, like it, there are definitely situations where when Virginia has him on the floor, it's four on five. If Jack Salt's out there in some ways offensively, you know, you're, you're really putting your team at a disadvantage. And I'm not saying he shouldn't play. I, I think he's actually an integral part of it too, because he's able to come in and give you minutes that nobody else on the roster to Dave's point can. That being said, like he can't play if he's going to turn it over at this side of a clip. He just can't. And he can't be that much of a liability. Um, and I, I kind of think that, Virginia's best lineup could be the one that they used at the end of the game the other night, right? Which where you got Ty and Kyle and Dre and Braxton and Mamani. Um, and maybe you, you, you use Jay Huff some too. I, again, I'm not trying to say that there isn't a place on the team for, for Jack Salt or Kia Clark. Their contributions are important. But in terms of matchups, I, I think you've got to go with your more versatile pieces. Um, you know, we've talked before about, you know, Jay Huff and his minutes. And I said to you guys the other day that, Kind of like Tony had to sort of let Kyle and Ty take their lumps um, through, you know, part of their freshman season. He still had to play them. I kind of feel like he's probably there with Jay Huff. Um, that being said, from a defensive standpoint, they're going to be nice when Jack Salt's the better matchup. Um, but I think there are also going to be moments like where Virginia went small. Um, I, I honestly don't know if you're going to see Duke go with Bolden much anymore. I, I'm almost positive that you're going to see Kay switch to. Uh, Zion Williamson more at the five now maybe not exclusively but I mean I think that's the thing that's going to come so if they do get another chance to play him I think that's going to be a thing we're just going to have to contend with Ferber where do you stand on on Kihei Clark and his minutes and where he is in the rotation right now yeah I mean I think you guys pretty much covered it to be honest with you um I think that he has given them the like minutes that they need off the bench uh to come in and replace Ty obviously when he was hurt and then you know when he needs a spell like Dave said, somebody to just bring the ball up the court. I mean, you take that stuff for granted sometimes. Um, his on-ball defense has been good, but I think it's still erratic at times where, like, he gets really aggressive. And sometimes uh, all teams have to do is, like, set a screen up there. And, and he has trouble, like, getting around it. And some of that's physicality. Um, and I think, honestly, like, I don't have any worries about him being good in the next, like, couple of years. It's just there's some limitations right now on the offensive end. And I think that um, – I'm not trying to say he can't play. He sh- he definitely needs to play. Um, and in some games, he needs to play the number of minutes he's been playing. Um, I just think Tony should have maybe a little bit of a quicker hook with him uh, when it seems like the offense is kind of sputtering a little bit like they were the other night. I think that, you know, like you said, having just one other guy out there on the court, especially a ball handler who has trouble scoring, and not just scoring, but getting his own shot. Right. I mean, how is he scoring right now? He's getting corner threes and those are all created by other players getting all the attention and he kind of sneaks over there um, at the rim. You know, he just has some work to do there where he's going to have to figure out craftier ways to get the ball to the basket because he's so small that he gets blocked a lot. Um, and then, you know, like there's a lot of like late shot clock stuff with him where it seems like he's trying to figure something out. And 
obviously the other team knows that they need to cover Guy and, and Hunter and whoever else, and, you know, because they're probably going to try to get a late shot. And if they get one, make it a 23-footer or something instead of a good one. Um, and what ends up happening is he ends up shooting or tries to force a pass. And I think sometimes, you know, in games like you had the other night, th- that stuff can kind of cost you in a close, you know, one possession, two possession game. And uh, I mean, regardless of, you know, what he brings to the table from a depth perspective, um, you, you still when you need a bucket, you got to have a guy that can ca- like handle the basketball that can score because sometimes in these late shot clock situations, he's going to have to keep it and, sh- and shoot. So um, I think that, you know, it, it's a little bit of both. It's a matchup dependent thing. I think he continues to play for sure. But just like Jay Huff, I mean, there are, there are times where it makes a ton of sense to get him in the game, especially in crunch time. And then there's other situations where it, the advantage is somewhat neutralized or like they're going to take advantage of him at the rim. So you know, Tony's a good coach. He knows how to deal with these situations. Um, I just think that, you know, hopefully Ty will get 100% soon and, and this won't be as big of a deal. But in crunch time, you need as many offensive players out there on the court as you can get because, you know, if you only have two, it's pretty easy for the other team to take them away. Very true. I think, too, yeah. the one thing, Dave, before, before I forget. Um, so Virginia was running a little bit. Uh, that press earlier in the season, and I, I'm not even—I don't even care if it's like a an actual press. Like even sometimes I think like a mushy sort of like junks, you know, some you know junk stuff works. I wouldn't be opposed to UVA going to that sometimes. I also think that there was that one play in the Carolina game you guys mentioned where you know he takes it to the rack and he gets blocked and it turns into a transition bucket. Um, if he's not able to finish those, that's that's problematic because those are the ones. I mean, he, his ability to touch the paint is what is what is good for the offense. Um, and again, I'm not saying that there aren't going to be matchups like Chris likes or, or even, I think, I actually think given Mamadi's concussion situation and knowing he wasn't going to be able to start to go with Kihei out of the gate to, to stick on, on Kobe white and then to go to Dre in the second half, I thought was a really, um, I mean, contrary to what people in the greater Greensboro area may have read in their newspapers the following morning. Um, I thought it was actually a brilliant move by Bennett to, to basically, um, to get somebody in uh, that can get underneath him and, and frustrate him a little bit and then go with him some length on him and frustrate him even more. I thought that was brilliant, but overall I, I do think that there's a place for him and I'm not saying that, you know, he's not this or that. I just think from a standpoint of looking at minutes and how they get allocated, I, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Virginia go maybe with a little bit more um, of that, of the longer, more versatile group and then seeing, let him let, let them gel a little bit. Um, but I'm also not opposed to Jay Huff getting some of those minutes either. Dave, uh, what were you going to say before we move on? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think that lineup we had at the end of the Carolina game is probably the, the the best lineup we have right now, and that may change as Jay continues to come on. Um, but it, it still doesn't change the fact. You know, Kihei certainly has some has some issues and some flaws that he needs to continue to improve on. But even now, like. You know, Ty is averaging 32 minutes a game and Kyle 33. If you cut Kihei's minutes back, most of the minutes are going to those two guys. And there's a lot of ball left. Um, so I think you kind of just have to keep the keep the rotation as like like it is now. Um, I, I don't know that you can – you've got to have one – you know, you've probably got to have Ty, Ty or Kihei on the, on the floor unless you're going like a short two- or three-minute before TV timeout rotation – just for the offense. Um, so it's going to be hard to cut his minutes significantly. Now, come tournament time, you might see 
Ty pushing closer to 40 minutes and Kyle getting closer to 40 again. But I think keeping them healthy enough to do it means playing Kihei more now. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, I wanted to to mention, too, is that, you know, um, Kihei is uh, is going to have to play. And I think Saturday is a great opportunity for him to get some burn without it being, you know, um, a, a big, you know, a, a detriment. You know what I'm saying? Like, it'll be a good opportunity because you, you would imagine um, you can imagine that, like, Virginia's going to win this game against Notre Dame. Um, if it's anything like the first one, the more minutes he can play, the better the rest it is for Ty. Um, and the better, you know, better it is for the team. I would, I would think that getting him as many minutes as you can and getting um, Jay Huff as many minutes as you can is probably a good thing. Um, we seem to have lost Ferber again, <laughs> and I'm not sure what that means for his internet. Um, so we're gonna his internet glitched. Um, but I think he I'm just back. joined, so he's back. Oh, he's Look back. At that. I almost made it to the place where I didn't have to tell anybody that you left. I was literally because I was about to say like I, we can't really transition to. Um, fifth side I think of the I, ball. I, I think I might know why you couldn't add me back because oh. like it's on me to join the call again. Oh. It's like when I logged back in, it said, "Do you want to like rejoin the call?" And I said, "Yes." Look at us out there making everybody sleepy by uh, by <laughs> by explaining how Skype works. Um, all right, before we oh, this is this is all in the podcast. Oh yeah, d- yeah, I'm yeah we're still, all in there. We're oh yeah, we're it. we're still no, I don't I don't cut the stuff. No man, this is color. This is great. Wow. Um, I thought you were an editor. Uh, ooh, I think you just gave us a title. Mm. Thought you were an editor. I'm writing that down. Um, People are getting to see how the sausage is made tonight. I know, right? Um, before we actually, before we get to fifth side, I, I, we do need to talk about Notre Dame and uh, and Virginia Tech. So Notre Dame on Saturday, the Irish are hurting. Um, I'm not even com- entirely sure where, what's happened to them since uh, since we last left that program. Um, I, it's not good, whatever it is. Um, but overall, I kind of feel like this is a game Virginia's going to win and win pretty easily. And like I said before, you want to get as much time for Kihei and um, uh, Jay Huff and maybe even Marco Anthony if you can because um, there's no problem resting some of your other guys. Although Tony doesn't really seem to do that much. Um, do, do either of you have any other hot takes on, on Notre Dame before we move to Virginia Tech? Uh, no. Uh, last last I heard, the only hot take we have on them is you said Mike Bray's the best coach in the ACC. So. <laughs> Yeah, I knew that was going to come back to yeah. me. Yeah, right, somebody let's needs to check the podcast let, from a few weeks let's, ago. Let's move on. Um, so Virginia Tech, Virginia goes down to Blacksburg Monday night, uh, 8 o'clock. Um, sorry, 7 o'clock? 7 o'clock, ESPN, I'm guessing. Um, this is not the same Virginia Tech team that Virginia played the first time, and that team Virginia beat the crap out of. Um, do you, What are your expectations, Dave, going into Monday night? I mean, I realize that Tech is playing right now, so – we don't want to jump yeah. the gun. Although I think Georgia Tech somehow came back on them, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, which is just un, un yeah unreal. they're winning at halftime right now. Georgia Tech is that's nuts. Um, so what do you make of Virginia Tech right now? I, and also too, why would they just say what happened to Justin Robinson's foot ankle? Like why don't they just say he's got he broke his ankle or he, you know he sprained his ankle or he's got a you know like they keep talking about it like it's just like well, they did the same secret. thing with Horn and he showed back up tonight. I mean, it's just so yeah. weird, man. Like, yeah. so weird. Anyway, what do you what do you, what are your thoughts on on that game Monday night, Dave? I mean, it's, it's going to be you know crazy environment. Um, it's going to be like any other big road game. I think Virginia's got us. Yeah, just survive the first few minutes. You know, Tech's going to come out. You know, they play they play hard. They play fast. Um, they're gonna they're gonna press the limits. They're going to be physical on the perimeter and try to. You know, try to expose and, and create some create some turnovers, and I think it's just a matter of doing what 
when Virginia, you know, doing Virginia does the best when they're playing their best, which is, you know, take advantage of that, get them going the wrong direction and get the open shot behind them. So I think it's going to be a good game. I think, yeah, I'm not too worried about it. Um, I, I don't expect we'll see Justin Robinson back. It wouldn't absolutely shock me, but I don't expect it. It's kind of hard to go from, unless he's walking around with the crutch in a boot now just for show. Um, that would be a heck of a recovery. But you've also got, you know, Virginia's got their own injury with their point guard to worry about. So assuming assuming Ty's healthy and assuming Robinson doesn't play, unless Tech just, you know, unless some guys who don't consistently shoot the three at a great clip get hot, you know, and that never happens against us. Um, <laughs> unless that happens, you know, it, they're going to have a tough road. If if Justin Robinson comes back, look, he was he's in that boot, and he was I saw him tonight before the game, and he's like hopping to get from the middle of the bench to the end of the bench. He's not even like a walking boot. The whole idea is that you're walking, right? And he's not even doing that. So if the whole thing is is a ruse, I mean, all right, more power to him. Um, that being said, I, I kind of feel like this is one of those take care of your business games. Um, and look, Miami was something to that, but at the same time, like that Miami team for whatever reason is scrappy. Like they keep, you know, they they almost they just beat they beat Clemson tonight. Yeah, they almost beat Carolina. They beat Clemson tonight. Um, you know, that's a I don't know. That's the, Miami's a hard out, even though they're not that good and not that deep. Um, Ferber, what do you what are your I mean, like you're gonna write a preview in like a like a month and a half, but what what are your what are your thoughts on on the uh, the rematch between UVA and Tech? Yeah, I think Dave kind of hit it on the head. You know, in the first game, UVA came out and just blasted them from the beginning, um, hit a bunch of threes and put them in a deep hole, and they just weren't able to play out of it. Um, this is a game where in the first game, Kihei's minutes were really important because he got under Justin Robinson's skin a little bit, it seemed like, um, a player that's not usually very flappable. Um, I think he ended up picking up a technical, if I remember correctly. It feels like so long ago that these two teams played. Um, but yeah, I think that, Nikhil Alexander-Walker with with Robinson out is basically the key to the offense for them. And uh, he's probably going to see a lot of uh, DeAndre on him, you know, on uh, on Monday at night in Blacksburg. So I feel pretty confident that UVA should be able to kind of slow him down at least a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's probably going to come down to three-point shooting for Tech. They are a super reliant on three-point team. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but... The funny thing is to me about them is, you know, it seems like they've faded a lot, especially since Robinson's gotten hurt, and that's totally understandable considering how important he is to the team. But, I mean, their metrics are still pretty good, like, for the season. They're 10th in Ken Palm still somehow. Um, and, yeah, they shoot – yeah, 40% of their points come on made threes. That's 18th most nationally. And interestingly enough, 44% of the threes the other team shoots are, you know, how they get their points. So – Tech gives up more points, per, like percentage-wise, on threes than any other team in the country, which is kind of odd. But, yeah, I mean, they still shoot the ball really well from three, 41.5% for the year. So it's going to come down to how many of those they can make. And and obviously with Robinson out, he's not only just a good offensive player, but he's just a distributor as well and just opens things up. And without him, they just seem kind of like a different team. And uh, obviously I think they'll be up for this UVA game. Yeah, we'll see how they do in the second half against Georgia Tech. Obviously, the people listening have already seen that result. And then they have Pitt this weekend. So I, th- I think they'll have a shot to be, you know, rested and ready to go for that game. But I think if Robinson doesn't play, UVA should be able to handle their business down there. One thing, too, about that, I almost wonder if Tech won't come in and want to be the Tech of old, 
right? And what I mean by that is that this the tech that basically just runs guns in threes, right? I mean, in some to some extent, they sort of have been since Robinson got hurt, but they were much they were at, they had developed into a, like kind of a more methodical, you know what I mean? Am I, am, I, am I making sense here that they were they had they had become more less less urgent on offense and more, yeah. and more you know kind of uh, sagging back and sort of muddying the I mean kind of on it's defense. Not- it's not your imagination. They're three hundred and thirty second in tempo. Yeah, there you go. So I can yeah. understand if now they they say, you know, what, we just got to take the first quick, the first good shot we get available, just take it. Um, and I I, I mean I, that's Ferber's whole you know mantra, right? About if you want to beat UVA, that's the way to do it. I mean, it helps if you're you know Duke and you've got three top five NBA draft picks on the team. Um, but honestly, for everybody else, probably not a bad idea. Those are the shots that are available. Might as well take them. Um, at the same time, like I watched a little bit of that tag game tonight and i'm just i mean they're 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 just a very different animal without him and that's i guess in some ways to be expected and they've had several games now to, to sort of get used to life without him and they don't look like they've gotten any more comfortable with it um bd is just not the same as as what you know justin brought to that position and they're gonna have to to, to Ferber's point they're gonna have to shoot the lights out uh virginia's gonna have to uh to defend it um, you know, reasonably well. Probably not going to come out and shoot it as well as the Cavaliers did the first time these two teams met. Um, but at the same time, I think Virginia's offense is in a very different place right now. And I think Virginia's flexibility to be able to go small when inevitably Tech does, um, because they just don't have a lot of options. You know, I mean, they're not they're not going to, um, you know, they're not going to um, roll out anything you you haven't seen yet. Um, it just feels like to me a game Virginia should win uh, pretty easily. Um, Dave, were you getting ready to chime in? No, no, I wasn't. But uh, I will say, like, <laughs> Mamadi is playing so well. I don't think we've talked about it enough the past couple podcasts. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, he's playing so well. He gives you, like, you can run almost, like, super small with him. Like, he is playing, he's out guarding guys on the perimeter now with so much skill that you can play him and him and Dre as the bigs in a, in a lineup, him and Braxton. Just gives you so much more versatility when they do get switched out or when they do have to, you know, to switch because of a screen. I just think the way the maturity he's playing with makes us a whole different animal on the defensive end. I agree. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. I think he's, his, you know, the blocking has drawn a lot of headlines, but I think the one area where I've seen the most growth from him is he doesn't commit the stupid fouls. Like, I feel like they yeah. really plagued him the last right. couple of years. Like, he would always just pick up. And Jack had the same problem early in his career, you know, just pick up two quick ones. And they were like hustle fouls, like try hard fouls, not, you know, getting rotating over late sort of stuff. But, um, it, it, you know, sometimes you just got to know when to pull back on that sort of stuff. Right. Just don't and be when a dummy. Like when, like when is the juice worth the squeeze in that regard? You know, it's like, is it really worth it to try to maybe send this guy to the line to end up in the bonus 10 minutes left in the game <laughs> right. and then have to be on the bench or would you rather like let him shoot that contested shot a little bit less contested and, and hope for the best? Right. There's a difference between, you know, um, it's like playing the percentages. Yeah. Almost. And then also too the difference between anticipating and reacting, you know what I mean? Sometimes in the past he, he, he would react because he thinks he's supposed to. And now I think he anticipates cause he know he has to, um, all right, Ferber, give us, give us these, uh, explain to the people this whole deal or no deal situation thing. Uh, yeah. and, and then let's uh, let's have some fun for a few minutes before we we uh, close out this episode. Yeah. So I always see people like um, 
you know, kind of rationalizing things or, or how the season will play out. And obviously March is such a big part of how the season will be viewed. I just kind of wanted to run through some different, you know, scenarios that I could give you. And whether or not you think that this team could, like, overachieve to the point where you would rather roll the dice than take the deal, basically. Like, like deal or no deal. Um, so, basically, like, I'll give you a scenario, and then you tell me, like, would you take that deal right now or not and why, right? Okay, so the first one is Final Four. And okay. that means you get to the Final Four and then lose. Like, you don't win the National. You don't get to, like, roll the dice once you get there. You just get to the Final Four and then lose in the semifinals. So what I what are you asking me if I would take UVA going to the final four? Basically, like if I offered that to you right now, and this will really work for Dave, uh, I think. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, because you know he he thinks about it this way too. I know, but um, like if I was all, like if I was the commissioner of the NCAA and was like, this, I can see the future, and this is the season you're going to have. Okay, would you take this result, or would you rather just roll the dice and see what happens? Oh, and no. the first one is final four losing the semifinals. I'd, I'd take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, because, well, I think, uh, one, I think it, just getting to a Final Four, regardless of what happened in that next game, right, would would be a, such a stamp of approval. It would take such a a monkey off of Virginia's back um, just to get there. It, I think one of those things about getting, about the whole process is that you can't skip any steps on the ladder, right? You You have to. You have to break through and to get there. I think that would be such a huge thing for the program um, on a number of levels. Um, it would be a validation of sorts. Even if they went into the semifinal and, and, and lost by 12. I mean, who got, who, nobody cares. They made it to a Final Four. Because right now, what's the conversation? Virginia's never done anything in March. They never do anything in March. They haven't gone to a Final Four. Tony Bennett's never do, been to a Final Four. I think that in and of itself would be a substantial achievement and build so much for the future. I think it'd be worth it. Dave, that's a complicated answer. For hell, yes, man. I'll tell you yeah. that right now, <laughs> I think I, mean, I think you I think you have to, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, to me, and y'all can call me crazy if you want. Like winning the national championship is the ultimate goal, but getting to the final four itself, like winning the semifinal game, is no better than losing the championship game. Um, getting to the final four, you get a whole week of, you know, publicity. You get all that coverage. That's huge for a program, and yeah, for me, uh, I don't need to go on. I think every Virginia fan in America, you know, every Virginia fan in the world, I mean, would take yeah, that the, deal and, tomorrow. And the reason, the reason I put it on here, and this actually would have been better if they'd beaten Duke, but is that I feel like some people last year might not have taken this deal, True. thinking that they were like such an overwhelming favorite to win it all that it's like you're shortchanging it almost to take it. Um, but I, I think you- that. I was, Go say, ahead, you, I was gonna say after you've been there, you know, once or twice, maybe then you roll the well, dice. You know, these are different for different teams. Like right now, if I offered this to Duke fans, no, like yeah, if I was yeah. a Duke fan, I probably wouldn't take that deal. No, because no. I've been to the Final Four and this team is the best team. So right. it's like I feel like I would I would take my chances. Um, and if you fall short of it, who cares? Like I mean, you'll right. probably be right back there next year. So. Yeah, I mean, I I would take this deal. Um, I think like for everything you said, I think. You know, it, it's it kind of would eliminate some of the narratives, even if even if they got to the final four and lost to like a mid major, you know, like a Loyola yet last year and, and Loyola went to the championship. I mean, getting to the final four in itself, I think would be enough to kind of get rid of some of that narrative, at least for now. Right. Um, 
Second deal, and this is where it becomes more like, I don't know how you're going to answer. Um, <laughs> ACC tournament title and a Sweet 16. Oh, I'd roll the dice on that. Okay. I think just because the ACC tournament title and... Because you've mean, done it? Well, yeah, like, that's that's basically it, right. They've done that. Now, that being said, like an ACC, I still believe, and I don't know if it's just the, you know, the Jefferson pilot in me, right? But like, uh, I still believe that an ACC tournament championship is a big deal. And um, I've seen, what, two of them in my lifetime? I mean, um, I, I just feel like that's a, that's a thing. And I, so I don't, I don't pass this, this up. I don't say no deal lightly. I just feel like it is something they've done. Uh, I wouldn't be willing to say, um, you know, let's say that they uh, could go. I, I think just the, the opportunity to go further, given that those two milestones are things they've done fairly recently so i would say no deal on that okay dave for me it's a, you know when you first said it, i was like oh no question of rolling the dice but um yeah i don't know dave's gonna talk yourself into, dave's gonna talk no, no. into this see and you can have this any way you want to like if you say like i want to beat duke you could give yourself that win over duke in the acc title game like you know yeah, and that's, that's there the, like that's why I think I roll the dice because ACC tournament tournament, like Brad was saying, like that means a lot to me. Like I remember how emotional I was in Greensboro after having not seen one. You know, I was two when they won the first one. Um, and but the problem I have with that now is if Virginia won, were win the ACC tournament title, they'd probably be a one seed, which means getting to the Sweet Sixteen is not that great again. Yeah, and I don't think. Yeah, it I mean, like, who would you lose to unless it was like Nevada or somebody who would be like a good four? You know, like yeah, that yeah. would be like, oh, this isn't an upset. Yeah, but it's not going to be a good enough four for the casual fan to be like, right. Oh, and it's, it's gonna, it's still gonna like be, you know, oh, UVA should have went deeper, you know, because there's a there's a decent chance that it's not a four. I mean, it yeah. could be a five or a twelve or who knows. Right. But, yeah. Ten. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I'm assuming. I'm assuming that you guys would also pass on the same thing, but Elite Eight. Yeah, I mean, Elite <laughs> Eight's a little bit better because at least then, okay, here, here's my thing. They won the ACC tournament last year and then lost a week later, right? Um, or I guess technically less than a week because it was a Friday night, right? Wasn't it a Friday night? It was a Friday night. Yes, um, it was. All right. <laughs> the Elite Eight would be a little bit different in the sense that, like, here you could have some success in, but I still, I still would roll the dice because – I, I genuinely, especially if I'm talking now, now I'm gonna get in the weeds a little bit with this team because you've got this nucleus of these juniors and I don't think they're gonna be together that much longer. So I, I kind of think you roll the dice uh, on the elite eight. Okay. So I say no dice. Yeah, I, say I, no um, deal. I think so. I think so too. But I think there are ways that it maybe like looks better optics wise. Yeah. Like if if you lose to like Kentucky in the elite eight or like a good two seed, um, I'm trying to think like Michigan. Then it's like well. That was a toss-up game, you know. Like, who knows? But it depends. I mean, this—it's not all about perception. It's like, well, do you want it or do you not want it, right? Yeah, so. I'm going to take that deal, quite frankly, just because not because I, I would be happy with an elite eight. I just think an elite eight after last year is much better than not. Yeah, getting that's a an fair point. Eight. An ACC tournament um, championship, yeah, like you presumably are, beat and, Duke, and then you got to the elite eight, and yeah. you know. And you have yeah. to remember, like, when you say you're not taking it, you're rolling the dice, which means you could lose in the first round, you could lose in the second round, you could lose in the first round of the ACC tournament, and then in, again in the first round of the Like, you don't know. Yeah. I mean, and there's I, a part of me that thinks out there. if they make a run to Elite Eight, maybe maybe Ty and Dre are like, you know what, we're coming back, we're doing this thing. <laughs> so, And we'll get to that. Uh-oh, um, here we go. All right, get- all right, next one. This is 
kind of a joke, but oh, no. All right, so you get to the Sweet 16 and no further, but Duke loses to a 16 seed. Roll the dice. I don't care. Well, wait a minute. No, that Duke team loses to a 16 seed. I know. What was it? You, so you can it be UMBC. You really, you really be don't UMBC? get. You really don't get to hear about UMBC much anymore after that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But wait, because what, people who, people act like this is going to be a thing forever. But does anybody remember who the first two to lose to a fifteen true. was? Wasn't it Hampton? Wasn't it Hampton? <laughs> was it Hampton that beat no, somebody? That was, there was, yeah, there was another one before it. I think it was Syracuse. Oh, interesting. And they so lost wait, to re- rewind. What was the? No, the first where, two fifteens were both Virginia schools. Where where does Rich? Where does the wait? Where pause? Where does the um? Where does UVA get here in this? Sweet sixteen. Damn, I might have to take that. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just so like, just because I mean, I'm just. It's just from oh a God, shot in Freud perspective. But there's also the chance too, though, that like we're we're still within the first year. I, I, you know, if UVA were to go out this year, go to the Final Four, nobody would talk about UM. Yeah, like you wouldn't see UMBC plastered. You wouldn't see kids yeah. buying UMBC jerseys to wear at our road games. You I know? honestly think the UMBC thing will fade away if UVA gets a decent result this year, and if not, it'll still fade away within like a few years. Like I don't think people will really talk about it that much. Like it'll it'll be an anecdote over time, but like nobody really talks about Duke losing to Lehigh, like. I mean, it's something that happened not that long ago, but it, and it comes up every once in a while. But not, it's not like a taunt that people throw right. at them. No. What's um, your next one? The next one is you make the Final Four, but Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, and DeAndre Hunter all leave. Make the Final Four. So, you, all right, but that's not all right. So this is a worse deal than the one I already took. Because yeah, you, but it's 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 a better deal than maybe what you could get rolling the dice. I mean. You could, they could lose in the first round, and all three of those guys could leave. That's true. I mean, I don't think Kyle Guy's going to leave because I don't think he has the draft stock. But I mean, I'm just but saying. He could just I, choose I just, to go play professional basketball. Yeah, I just wanted to throw a nuclear situation at you. <laughs> Dave, what do you I, think? I'm, I'm, I'm hemming over here. What do, you, what do you think, Dave? I want to take the first deal again. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't like. Yeah, that. yeah. You can't compare deals. It's like yeah. it's, they're all individual. The briefcase is closed on that deal. But um, again, yeah. I mean, look. I love all three of those guys. Like they've they've meant a lot to the program, but I think the program would be better off with the Final Four than that's you know, exactly I think what in a Final thinking. Four you're probably losing Ty and Dre anyway. And that's what I'm really thinking too. losing one extra guy, so I'll take it. Yeah, and, and, and you know, cry. expectations next year I think probably I mean if all three of those guys if all three of those guys and Jack Salt all left, I think everybody would understand that they're probably not gonna be as good next year. Although like, if they if they if those three guys left plus they lose salt, okay, then your starting five next year would be something like um Kihei Clark. Kihei Clark, Casey Morcell, uh Key. Well, yeah, Key uh Diakite. Well, you might play Diakite at the five, but then you ha- you'd have Huff, Huff. and Kafaro. Uh, and, and then Shedrick. I like I we talked about this recently, but I think a grad transfer probably ends up yeah in there well, yeah. If you reach the final four and you have three guys go pro, I think you can get a grad transfer. Then I think that's a different sort of uh, stratosphere. So you're yeah, taking plus you can just get. I am. I am. I would reluctantly. I would. I would. I would take it. I would yeah. take it. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, basically, the reason to not take it would be like we. You know, you could roll the dice and get there, and then maybe win a national title, or maybe. Even if you don't win a national title, they come back. Like, you know, who knows? Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're kind of trading next year for a Final Four. But, yeah, I mean, you might be losing next year anyway if you roll the dice. So um, the next one is you win the national championship, but you lose Tony Bennett and all of those players. 
Ooh, and all so you lose the three-headed monster plus Tony, but you get a national championship out of it. Right, Tony goes to the NBA. Let's all say right. not to like another college. Is uh, all right in this scenario. I mean, do I get Sanchez? Do I get Richie McKay? Like, what happens? What did, I mean, did that, Charlotte that, make? That is, tell me I, this. that is not part of my scenario. I need to know. I need to know if they lose Tony Bennett. Does Sanchez? Does Charlotte make the NCAA tournament? <laughs> Was that were they in the field? Um, look, well, I man. think if you win a national championship, you should probably be able to get a pretty good coach. Yeah, whether no, no, it's no I, I know. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Um, listen, a national championship. I'm sorry. I mean, yes, take the deal. I don't care. Like he wants to go see what what the NBA is all about. More power to you. Do your thing. I mean, maybe Laurel will want to coach the team. Um, but yes, I would 100% take that deal. Dave, you would take that deal, right? Yes. I mean, I'm in. I'm in my 40s. Virginia's had some amazing basketball players, some very, very good coaches, zero national titles. So, I I love you. Know, just like I love those guys, I love Tony. But um, I mean, that's if your coach is going to leave you, that's when you want him to leave you. That's yeah, when that's you're true. Yeah, that's more true. attractive. Yeah. So. Uh, I'll take it and crack. Yeah, and it's yeah. not like basketball doesn't exist anymore. I mean, you get a team next year and, and it's a different coach, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad coach. You Does know? he at least give people a chance to like enjoy it first? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he waits until like the summer. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fair. All right. You got any, how many, how many what, do you have another one or is this that, is, this is the last one. And okay. I think this will be Dave's favorite one. Okay. All right. UVA loses the ACC title game to Duke. And then they go to the Final Four and lose to Duke again. But then in the summer, it turns out that there is a ref conspiracy, and the whole thing was uh, shaded against <laughs> UVA in a way that is irredeemable. The <laughs> no way I'm taking it, no chance in heck. And now I do. I would love to see your your whole theory that they could play. Uh, what's the one they could play in the ACC tournament, and Virginia could lose, and then they could play again, and they and they would win them. Right. And that would basically take out like, and that would take out like five different uh, demons in one fell swoop. No, I'm not taking yeah, that. I don't. My only my only problem with that scenario you just rolled out is that I, I I mean I guess you take the title or beating them in the final four or whatever like that's awesome. But at the same time, it would almost feel wrong. Like the game that they won just happened to be the one that was the at the end. Like. Well, it, it would depends. just feel weird. It, it sort of depends on how the one in the ACC tournament worked out. But if it's a, if it's with the if it's for the championship or even like if they made the Final Four and then beat the Duke team that beat them three times to make it to the championship game, like that's a that's not. I mean, like that's a big deal. But anyway, that wasn't your question. No, and you I couldn't really hold it against Duke. But at the same time, you could say like the UVA players rose to the challenge. Yeah, whatever. exactly. Yeah, I would not I'm take not, that. Why deal. We, why we got Duke beating us two more? Like, no, Duke's okay. beating us by like ten points and four points, and they had to go. But crazy from three to do the it. idea it's like, is no. the idea is UVA the UVA doesn't find success. I misspoke. They're not in the final four in this scenario. They lose in the tournament or something. But everybody's fear or paranoia about the refs is is confirmed. I see. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to live in that world. I say no, no deal. I, I, I wouldn't take that. If you told me, we, you know, they they lost to Duke in ACC and then lost to Duke in the final four, and then it turns out Shashevsky paid Zion Williamson two million dollars and. Then I'd be, I'd probably take it. Literally, he paid the ref himself. stuff. Yeah, the ref stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, he cash. Can't. It was USA basketball money. It was clean. It was in a bag. <laughs> it was a bag money. Driving bags. Well, that's yeah. a fun. That's a fun little experiment. That was that was good. Um, I honestly we thought do that again for football. The, I thought the way you described it though was that you were going to give me like an either or. 
right? That you were going to say you could take this or this. We well, should do I'm that just comparing me. it against rolling the dice. No, I know. No, but next week we should do that. We should do like a – you can have the final four or you can have Sweet 16 and Duke get on probation or something. I mean – All right, see, I, have, I have one for you right oh, now. Oh, gosh. Here we go. All right, you can have the final four or you get LeBron to sit next to you at every UVA game in media <laughs> okay. row instead this of me. Is, uh, this is redacted because every, every UVA fan listening to this will not uh, check out my website. Speaking of which – I uh, want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. <laughs> if you're someone who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your shows. Give us a rate and a review. That always helps to get us out in front of more people. Um, if you can, subscribe so the shows come right to you and you don't even have to worry about anything. Uh, if you're somebody who has found the pod but has not given us a look at the site, check us out, CapsCorner.com. Right now you can read Take Two on the Carolina game. We tell you basically why the Wahoos won it and uh, what it means for them going forward. I got video on the site of DeAndre Hunter talking about his collision with Mamadi Diakite. Uh, I got Kyle Guy talking about um, the why UVA is in the conversation as one of the elite teams in the league. Um, and also to those um, late play calls that he said he had a lot of confidence in. And then Ty Jerome talking about his back injury and why he, he, throws, me, he throws me a little shade, honestly, uh, about because I thought he looked better on uh, Monday night. And he said, what, I look really bad on, on, on Saturday? Um, coming up later today, as you listen to us, uh, Ferb will have his ACC power rankings. And then tomorrow we'll get you ready for the weekend with his uh, preview of the Notre uh, Dame game. So, again, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. And I also want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time. As always, I very much appreciate it. For David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.